0: On this episode of the Fifth Estate Podcast, I am once again joined by Robin Tudor. Uh, In this episode, we have a bit of a rant about Slugger and some of his tweets, a bit of a discussion on the election and all things exciting like that. So without further ado, let's sit back and enjoy the show. Here we are again with another episode of the Fifth Estate podcast, and we would like to welcome back the regular guest of Robin Tudor. Welcome back, Robin.
1: Well, thanks for having me
0: back on. Yes, and oh, mate, uh, have I got some doozies in store for you today? Oh, um, lay it on me. So, yes, I think we might have to get the tinfoil hats out and um, <laughs> the, the colanders and everything like that uh, that we use uh, when we discuss these things, but. Before we get down to the too far, the, the um, t- you know, too much tinfoil around the head, let's have a chat about the election. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, my thoughts are that what we've seen for the initial primary vote doesn't match up to the uh, perception of protests and vocal uh, opposition to the different regimes. So whether... They're hiding or whether this election was the the protest vote against Morrison, I'm I'm not sure about. So what are your yeah. thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a complex mix, isn't it? So I, I suppose you always have to be careful, of course, about your about your sample size. So I mean, everyone everybody that, that I spend time with and, and talk to about political matters is not keen on how governments have handled. That you know, both at state and federal level have handled the COVID 19 scam. I'm just going to come right out and call it a scam-demic. By that, I do not mean that there is no virus, I'm not in that camp. I'm not saying that no one got sick from COVID 19 and no one died, but I'm calling it a scam because. The response to it was, was grossly out of proportion to the to the danger that was posed, and it was essentially a Trojan horse for riding roughshod over people's civil liberties and political rights and all the rest of it and and bringing in you know essentially a technocratic tyranny. That said, uh, I, it, it is striking how many people still, Seem to have this naive perspective that oh well the government was just doing what what they what they thought was right and sure they might have stuffed a few things up but really they had our, our best intentions at heart yeah it, it is amazing how many people I I bump into so not people I speak to every day but just people I you know encounter at I don't know shops businesses that sort of thing who still hold that perspective so that's my first point I suppose that that when you go to a protest. You can see, ten, see thousands or tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who who share your point of view. That doesn't mean everyone does. Uh, second thing, I I strongly suspect that what what we were seeing, assuming that it was a legitimate vote, assuming that there wasn't any jiggery pokery going on with with vote counting, then. I, I think that what we may have been seeing is the influence of the of, of millennial voters. So these these are people who really have drunk the Kool-Aid on all the hip cool trendy issues. And so they're going to vote green and they're going to vote Labour and they're going to vote, you know, teal green, whatever the heck that means. Yeah. And you know, these are people who've, who've come of political age, I suppose, um, in an environment of, of of increasing statism, increasing dependence and reliance and almost like a, a worship of the state. From their point of view, the more state power, the better. These people are now voting. The third thing, of course, is that what we were all told was going to apply in terms of how our preference system worked Seems not to have been applied at 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 the polling booths, you know, at, at the counting stations. And there, I, I've not I've not had a chance to look into this and and confirm it. But a client of mine did happen to mention to me that someone that she knows with some familiarity with the process said that there was a bit of a nip and tuck to the AEC's regulations, such that they could essentially uh, discard preferences systems pass past the second preference or, or uh, that they could discard you know any preferences past the second and and so essentially just say oh well who who would who's um, who's ranked higher on the preference list is it labor or liberal okay well we'll will just arrange the the votes in two piles uh, arrange the ballot papers in, in two piles I should say and whoever's got the biggest stack wins mm. so yeah that's uh, with without as I say having delved into the issue more deeply at this point, I guess they're, they're my my three responses to it.
0: Now, interesting that you made a comment about, let's just call it the integrity of the, of the election. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I really of two minds about that because it's just like, you know, as bad as it is, I'd like to put some faith in that ...potentially corrupt organisation, which actually, no. I No, actually, I would withdraw that comment. I'm, I'm not going to have any faith in them uh, for a start... ...because their um, responses to, uh, for example, the, the, the Pauline Hanson... Um, ...satire videos that have to have the authorisation uh, at the end of it... The, ...you know, the, the one, the Please Explain video she did. I think that was mm. massive overreach uh, to uh, have a go after Andrew Bogart... Bogut, uh the baseball, uh, basketballer, um, and say that he needs authorization. I, th- I think that's become politicised now. Mm. There's been, and uh, and an, you know, if Victorian uh, Electoral Commission down here can have local government um, elections investigated by Victoria Police and have um, concerns raised over that at the local council level. I think you'd have to be uh, living in that land of rainbows and unicorns and everything fluffy and all that sort of stuff to not think that there would be some sort of interference, especially at an important election like the one that we just had. Um, The the level of interference, I'm not sure. Um, You know, we've seen... I'm I'm sure you've seen it by now. Um, Steve Dixon... Is um, talking about two things. The uh, he was discriminated against as an independent candidate by not having anything in the box above, you know, beside the box above the line uh, to identify him as an independent candidate. It is just blank. Mm. So mm. there's that, which you know, to to a degree, yes, I I accept that because yes, he is being discriminated against because of his um, political preferences and um, political views. And then there's the other one where um, people go into the polling station and ask potentially leading questions to get an AEC uh, official to make comments about the um, uh, grouped independents or the unendorsed candidates. Um, So I... I think that there's a lot there that needs to be tightened up before the next federal election and even potentially the next state election. Um, mm. I mean, how far yeah. it is. I, I, I don't think anyone can say that the election was stolen from them or they were no. robbed of a result. I just think that there's a lot of inconsistencies that comes down to bureaucracy and… Yeah.
1: Uh, and there, there I think is where you've nailed it. So whereas we can look at various other uh, electoral systems in in different countries, and and let's let, let's just point at the elephant in the room, which is the US, and say they just they just have their their whole system of running elections is just beyond a joke. Mm. I mean, to to be able to to have partisan bodies uh conducting the and and auditing elections. I mean, you, you've got to be kidding. So we've always thought over here in Australia, isn't it great? We have this AEC and it's completely nonpartisan and independently funded, and that's wonderful. So I I'm not I'm not concerned and I'm certainly not not saying I'm not leveling any accusations that that we've just gone through the kind of just outright electoral fraud that has taken place in, in numerous US elections and it, you know it, it's quite funny really because those those on the the blue on the democrat end of the spectrum were perfectly happy to talk about Stolen elections when it was their candidate who mm. was suffering, you know, yeah. Hillary Clinton or Al Gore, you know, back in the day, and then suddenly when it's Trump versus Biden, oh, we can't talk about electoral fraud. Fraud that's never happened. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember four years ago you were saying it did happen. Uh, so, so I'm not saying that that sort of blatant fraud and corruption is happening here. I I would say it's more it's more of an institutional bias. Yes, that is a, a heavily you know, bureaucratized body like the AEC leans toward the the kind of um, I suppose stability and predictability that a two-party political system in this country ensures for them. Mm. So we, we have this tyranny of the two-party system, where it's just so damn difficult for for anybody outside that that fold um, to to. Uh, to, to get to a point where they they really are a viable third force, I mean the the Greens are sort of having something of a crack at it, but but any any new party coming up, whether it be UAP, whether it be you know One Nation, whatever, the odds are really stacked against them. And again, with the AEC being a bureaucracy, is is sort of um, I suppose you could say it's not really regulatory capture. Uh, I wouldn't frame it that way but but they just they just have a, a bureaucratic bias toward maintaining the status quo
0: yes and yeah yeah that's where it comes down to is that yeah it is that that bureaucratic bias and it also comes down to I, I'd even say that the ones that they've picked um or the ones who volunteer at those, Um, Events And not saying, you know, everyone individually. So this isn't an individual um, criticism or comment. It's more uh, collectively, uh, especially with the uh, adherence to um, participation in the therapeutic trials, has Mm -hmm. sort of created a, let's say, a, a perfect environment where the ones that are participating in it are the ones that want the status quo to remain... You
1: know. Oh yes. This, these are, so yeah, you're talking about, you know, people who, who either are, are temporarily employed or, or who volunteer. Yeah. And if you stipulate that the criteria for, for participation is that you've got to be double jab, triple jab, whatever whatever the heck it is. But anyway, you know you can't you can't participate in this unless you've had that. Well you've self selected then mm. for, for people who have complied and people who, who believe that that everybody else should comply,
0: yeah um and yeah it it's um I don't know it, it, I think it's it's one of those things that the machine isn't going to be focusing too focused on fixing because it serves their advantage mm. um mm-hmm. regardless of which way you know which color it swings to uh you know it, it serves their advantage and, you know as much as one side jumps up and down and and whatever actually i don't think we've ever seen any um political party in Australia claim you know out of the majors claim that the election was stolen because i think that there's no
1: i don't I don't recall that yeah i don't i't i don't I, think
0: I, don't, I've, I haven't seen any you know uh, i'm talking about the majors now um yes, that have even yes. cast doubt on the integrity of the system, which is interesting yes. within itself.
1: Well, it, it is, it is, and you wonder, don't you? You know, is is this because they really do have trust in the in the AEC, or is it once again sort of um, favouring a status quo approach where where they don't they don't want voters, they, they don't want the Australian public to begin questioning whether the AEC is as independent and even handed and and you know full of integrity as we've been led to believe.
0: Mm. Um so yeah it, it's mm, I think yeah one of those big big, big questions. I mean yeah I I think I think might just leave that one there. I think uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll dig I think down. Questions
1: remain unanswered. Yes, that's that's what I'd say about this. questions. Yes. Really important questions remain unanswered. For for and and in particular, what we need resolution on is uh, the has the preference system that we were all led to believe has that been waived on. Um, who decided that that was going to be waived or altered? Um, uh, was that just at the discretion of individual uh, people running particular polling booths, as as I was told? And and why did Australian voters not know about this? I mean, in a system where we we have compulsory voting, I I think we are the only country in the world that has compulsory voting. Uh. One of your listeners might fact check me on that, but certainly it's not a common thing for a country to require its citizens to vote now if you are required to vote on on pain of a fine then your government actually owes you the obligation of making sure that you understand how how the electoral system works i mean i did not understand how australia's voting system worked until i until i was in my my first year of uni and I took a course on on government, which was essentially what's what you know Sydney uni called politics. And then finally I I, I realized, oh, oh, we we have a two-party preferred voting system, and now I know what that means. So in other words, I'd gone I'd gone through all of my schooling, you know, including high school, and I can't recall whether I'd already voted at that point. Maybe I was just eligible to vote in my first election, perhaps. And if I had not done that course, I wouldn't have had the faintest idea how our voting system worked. Mm. So why, you know, how is it that we have compulsory schooling and yet there's no compulsory element of ensuring that that everyone, before they, you know, before they finish high school, knows how our electoral system works. Mm. And, and so and so, if any changes are made to it, then then also there needs to be, I suppose, you know, another round of like, adult education where, where all the people who who grew up believing or uh, well well who who grew up believing correctly that our voting system worked a particular way and then suddenly they've made some changes to it. Well, yeah, like why weren't we told? Why why so when Tofer Field made his, you know, very famous marbles video, and we all watched that and went, huh, that's a that's a good way of explaining it. And and what, now we find out that actually the system doesn't quite work that way.
0: Yeah, and
1: it. it I, and, and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find a simple way, answer. I, yeah. I, I remember, I remember reading a comment on that Topher Field video by by a an academic who who uh, taught politics at university, saying, "Hey, mate, like that's a brilliant way of explaining that. I'm going to steal that to teach my students." So apparently, somebody. Who who is actually teaching politics at tertiary level still believe that that the voting system that Topherfield described was was in application at this time. Okay, so that just goes to show there's a there's a big gap between what the majority of of, of voters to, you know to the extent that they have looked into this or understand the voting system at all. There's a big gap between how how we thought it worked and how it actually works. Why is there a gap? That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that, that apparently you know, um, the vast majority of of people who are eligible to vote in this country don't know how, how our electoral process
0: works. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that comes down to the education system and that, um, you know, modern day education isn't, uh, I think we've discussed it before, it isn't creating it's
1: not education yeah it's it's not there's such a difference.
0: It is. It is. Um and all that. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean I with the Victorian election coming up in November, um I yeah, I I think we're gonna see a lot more. And and just on that one as well, um before we, we jump onto another subject, there was um what was it? They were saying that this election had the highest non-participation rate um, oh, on on record. Yes, I had
1: not heard that. It doesn't greatly surprise me. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who've just checked out. They just they they have just realised, okay, nobody, you know, nobody is. Nobody who's running for office is going to to take me and my concerns seriously. And I could vote for an independent or for, you know, a freedom-friendly party, but they're probably not going to get it in anyway. And even if they did, they're going to be overridden by the major parties, so whatever, you know. I won't even bother.
0: Having a look at the AEC website now, um, they've registered as 17,228,900 voters. Um, mm. Only thirteen million three hundred and forty-one turned up, so seventy-seven point four four percent participation rate.
1: And do they? Uh, how does that compare to previous? Um,
0: elections? Do I, they have that on there? I can't. F- I'd have to have a look at that. This is just yeah, a quick squeeze that is, on, on be this election.
1: Super interesting yeah. to to take a look at. That that's that's someone's you know masters <laughs> or honors research project.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I could do that. I, I might do that through different. Because um, you have to go look at, at previous elections, but um, yeah. Queensland had a seventy-five point six percent participant uh, mm. turnout turnout rate. Um, Victoria seventy-six point eight. Mm. <laughs> Northern Territory sixty-seven point two eight percent.
1: they're just not bothering, are yeah, they? I mean, nah. they've had a look at the, at the <laughs> quality of candidates on offer yeah. and just decided to go to the pub instead.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. so um, there is a percentage swing. So um, based on, I'd say it would be on last year's vote, um, all up it's a 14.45% reduction. So In
1: the Liberal vote? No, oh, no, oh, oh, sorry. participation. In, in, the, in the percentage of participation, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's it pretty
1: was, dramatic, isn't it? It is. That is quite dramatic and, and you know, I... I do consider the election that that, uh, that we've just had as the most important federal election certainly in, in my lifetime or, or you know, since I became eligible to vote in terms of its implications for, uh, for what this country is going to become going yes. forward. Yes, yes. And so for so many people to have... Decided. Well, there's no point me even voting, or I just couldn't be bothered. In a circumstance like that, that's very telling. And so I don't. I again, I, I think this is a really, really interesting academic research project, and I do hope someone pursues that, um, because I would like to know what well, what were these people who didn't participate? What were they thinking? Mm. Were they Were they thinking there's no point? It's rigged anyway. Or it doesn't matter who I vote for. Just say I voted for for freedom-friendly candidates, and lots of other people did, and they got in. Uh, well, what? You know, who cares? Because they're going to get overridden by global forces anyway, or they'll get outvoted because you know uh, the the lab libs and the lib labs will, will probably still hold the balance of power anyway. Now, I'd just be really, really interested to to find out what people who just didn't bother voting at all, uh, what what rationale they would give for that.
0: Okay, hang on. Um, okay, turnout by state. If we have a look at the 2019, there was a 91.89% turnout.
1: Wow. N- 98. Ni- 91.89. 91. Right. Okay. Now that is substantially higher.
0: mm so we've increased mm. the based on on the the stats that I'm looking at now um let's say you know 16, 400, um thousand people so it's 16 million four hundred nineteen thousand five hundred and forty three mm. were enrolled mm. in 2019 mm. uh 2022 was seventeen million two hundred and twenty eight thousand nine hundred out of yeah. that let's say 13 million three hundred voted whereas in the 2019 15, 000, and 88. yeah
1: I, I, I the, again, there are many interpretations, yeah. but I, I think it's pretty hard to escape the interpretation that that is a massive vote of no confidence yep. in the political system and its capacity to actually answer to to us, the voting public. You know, the dumb taxpaying voting public.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize it was that bad.
1: Yeah. That is, that is striking. Um, frankly, it's appalling. And I don't know how the people, you know, running the major parties would view that, whether they would say, who cares, we won anyway, mm. or that they would see that as being a sign of trouble. But That's, to me, that is a sign of trouble. That, that means that a hell of a lot of the people who, you know, they're supposed to be governing in the name of have just completely lost confidence in them and the electoral system.
0: And and that that's what it comes down to: lost confidence in in yeah. in the system. Um, yes. Now, actually, that that's a, a probably a good one. Um, talking about losing confidence in things, um, I've seen you've had a bit of a crack at Slugger, um, yeah. our chief health officer, for want of a better name. Um, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know how his tweets ended up in my in my feed, but uh, yeah, I have I have decided to be a bit of a fly in his ointment of late.
0: Um, so. Now, you had a crack at him about his comment about, "Oh, there's a lot of flu around and and I can't remember what the rest of it was um, because Twitter's not playing nice. With me at yes. the moment. Well,
1: he he um he just tweeted about you know the, the the flu is out and about and it's and it's bad and yada yada and and, and get your vaccine. And so I I replied with a three part tweet asking why he uh, why he was ignoring the results of the uh, Cochrane collaboration report on influenza vaccination in healthy adults and the fact that. You you have to vaccinate, I think it was, uh, I think seven, yeah, you have to vaccinate 71 people to prevent a single case of influenza. And there's actually no evidence as assessed by Cochrane, now I'll come back and discuss um, what what Cochrane is in in a moment because I I guess, you know, uh, I'm not sure whether you or your listeners have heard of Cochrane, but but, uh, there's actually no evidence that flu vaccination reduces absenteeism or reduces hospitalisation or or death from from influenza or its complications. Um, Now, you know, I haven't been back on Twitter to see whether he has graced me with a reply. I'm not holding my Most likely, yeah, no yeah and and of course the other the other crucial point being that the remaining 70 people who got injected with this flu vaccine but did not receive any benefit every single one of those 70 people despite not receiving a benefit is at risk of adverse reactions. Now, you know, we we can argue all day how common are adverse reactions to influenza vaccination, and the answer is, well, no one bloody knows because there's insufficient reporting of adverse reactions to all vaccines, including flu. What I can tell you is that if you look at at the the vaccine court in the US that uh, this uh, no-fault compensation scheme, um, that is funded <laughs> by a levy <laughs> on the vaccines, right? In other words, the, 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 the money that goes toward helping those who've been vaccine injured is not stumped up by the pharmaceutical companies. They, they have complete liability protection, no. Everyone who takes their kid in to, to the paediatrician to get vaccinated, uh, you know, to get their kid vaccinated or themselves gets vaccinated, they actually pay a levy. They pay an additional fee on top of what they pay the doctor and, and paying the cost of the vaccine. And that levy goes into this pot of money, which is then paid out in, in, in compensation to people who can prove their claim in the, in the vaccine court. Now, um, all that to say, the, the, uh, the, the largest sum of money or the, the, the largest percentage of claims in the vaccine court that are actually paid out are to adverse reactions to influenza vaccination. Right. So this is a this this is an ineffective and highly reactive vaccine that has no public health benefit because it doesn't stop people from, from getting infected, it doesn't stop people from spreading the virus. And as as I say, you know, the, the, the risk to benefit ratio is just exceedingly poor, considering how crappy it is at, at actually preventing influenza and preventing complications of it.
0: And See, I mean, and, and that's something I've noticed with Slugger. Um, now, for those who came in late, he's got the nickname Slugger because of his involvement with the closing of iCook Foods out at Dandenong. Um, he was new in his role. Oh,
1: I was unaware of this. Okay. Yeah, so um,
0: iCook I Foods um, was a... Um, Manufacturer, contract manufacturer for nursing homes um, of um, prepackaged foods and sandwiches and things like that. Unfortunately, there was a um, a resident of one of those homes who um, I think contacted listeria and died. So the Dandenong Department of Health went and investigated, said it came from you, um, and found a picture of a slug in the um, on the floor production floor. Um, and all that sort of stuff. And then this got escalated from Dandenong City Council to Slugger as the new Chief Health Officer. He signed on the dotted line to say, yep, close it down. Now, something that was um, interesting about that was the – there was a a thing called Community Chef that was started by a couple of councils, Dandenong Council and a couple of other ones uh, to – you know, as a a government body to produce similar things. So they were in direct competition to iCook Foods. Mm. Um, There was a period of time where this enterprise wasn't making money so it got sold to the state government and the health minister at the time um oh, I can't remember his name, but I know he likes falling downstairs um oh, he, his name escapes me but <laughs> but anyway um and um the the other person who involved in that at the federal level was um oh, can't remember his name he's, he's got a white dog named Toto or something like that um and he, he's just nicked off to Japan um I can't remember his name but, but sorry that escapes me I, I know I'm a poor host for for forgetting the names of these politicians and and please excuse me for that um, but it was it was their involvement in that um, and they handed over a shitload of money uh, mm. and it's just disappeared so there was that now um, it, I cook Foods was closed down now this was even despite um, Department of Health testing saying that the Listeria that this woman uh, so they did find Um, traces of some, I think, some type of listeria and and not taking all this as the actual, you know, I I could have missed things up and all that sort of stuff. Um, So they found traces of this particular bug outside of the production area. There was none in the production area and then it came out that the woman didn't actually die of that, she died of something else. To make it even better, when it's gone to court that the Dandenong, um Department of Health person, uh, you know, because local governments have their own Department of Health for food safety and all mm-hmm. that sort of bullshit, um, has provided a doctored picture of the slug. Now, there was a little bit of tissue paper beside the slug um, that was doctored out in the um, image that this particular health um, inspector provided and to make it even worse or, or let's say... Coincidental or strange or tinfoil hat wearing was that slug wasn't found in that area. So this it
1: was a, an imported slug. Yes, travelling slug. It was a okay. travelling
0: slug. Um, travelling slug. No All traces right. of the slug. Um, it slug's movements to that area. Just the slug yep. was found.
1: Okay. Um. Now gotcha. the found inspector during an inspection. Yes. yes and the I inspector see where at this that time
0: had their. Yeah. Um, body worn camera turned off which was coincidental
1: (laughs) yes so if said slug had as a for instance been gardening that morning and the slug had adhered to to that person's clothing that's just cooking up a, a completely blameless scenario then we would not have known but Yes, I mean the the fact that said person's camera was actually turned off. Well, that's curious, isn't it?
0: Yes, and that's
1: very interesting.
0: There's, I mean, yeah, have a look at that one, and that is a massive cover up there. Um, Coppers involved.
1: Might I ask, so so who benefited from the closing down of this
0: community chef? Which is that um, those two politicians that I've forgotten the names of? Um, ah, there you It, it go. will come to right, me. Right, right,
1: right. Oh, yes, 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 yes.
0: And okay. um, Slugger was new uh, at the time, so he was new into yep. his position. Not long okay. after that, he,
1: now I see the picture.
0: He yes. got onto the into the media about um, all this woo flu shit. Um,
1: yep. So jobs for of. the boys, business for the for the cronies, yes. Yes. all that good stuff. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Yep. Um. And, oh, mate, that's, uh, that is that is a massive one. You have a look at, at the whole corruption in that. Um, Victoria Police have refused to investigate it. It's gone up the mm. food chain of Victoria Police. They've said, no, there's nothing to investigate. Um, two of the ins- um, senior detectives yeah. or something like that have actually resigned from the police force and gone to help these guys from iCook Foods um, launch well, um, action against the Victorian extraordinary.
1: government. Ordinary and yeah, so so your your segue was actually a really neat one, isn't it? Mm. Total loss of trust in the system. Yes, yeah, um,
0: and then also adding that Victorian government's just passed legislation uh, indemnifying um, the chief health officer from civil prosecution.
1: So he's above the law.
0: Yep. 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 Got it. So. Got it. Um, so. Mm. Yeah, that's that's where he got the nickname Slugger.
1: Oh, I see. It's not because yes. he's a fighter;
0: it's because <laughs> no, of he that. Doesn't,
1: he doesn't look like he is. <laughs> no. No.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, oh, that's super interesting, isn't
0: it? Yes. Um, we'll, we'll try and go down this. Um, just briefly go down this um, abandoned rabbit hole here with this next tweet that I just want to get your thoughts of. Um, now, um. I'm sure you're aware of of that tragedy that happened in Texas, um, the the school shooting. So it's more about the the comment made by Slugger again. Um, I think it's a disgraceful comment um, and and I'll add my comments. I'll I'll read it out. It says, I am forever grateful that Australia in a moment of reckoning chose to make the country safer from the risk of mass shootings and gun violence. This is a tremendous legacy but not an issue we should ever become complacent about. Thinking of grieving families in the US tonight. Now, Mm -hmm. First thing on that, um, there are more firearms in private ownership now than there were pre-Port Arthur. Yes, indeed. um, Indeed. And there's also probably just as many unlicensed firearms uh, in
1: criminal ownership. I've seen estimates. Oh, well, uh, uh, yeah. And this is the thing, right? So who obeys the law? law abiding citizens. Yep. citizens. Who disobeys the law?
0: Criminals. Yep.
1: So so all of those, you know, law abiding people watch the horrific footage that, that came out of Port Arthur and said, Oh my God, you know, this this is this is awful. Here, take my gun. And what did the criminals do? They said Awesome. There's a lot more unarmed people out there in the populace and and won't it be a lot easier for us to ply our trade? Plus, of course, the the market for unlicensed firearms just went up a thousandfold.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally. So,
1: you know, adding another stream of uh, potential revenue apart from, you know, prostitution, illegal gambling, drugs and stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) now (laughs) with with this thing, and, and this is something that, Everyone on the left that's that's come out and done these um, grandstanding comments, I won't I won't say virtue signalling because he's not signalling any virtues he's got. He's um, just grandstanding on it. Mm. Is that yes? You know that that instant is what happened in that school is a tragedy. The loss of any life is a tragedy, regardless yes. of of how it happened or um, everything like that. So I'm, I'm not dismissing or trying to shift the focus away. From that tragic loss of life, and I mean, we've spoken about um, the abortion issue as well. So, Mm. um, you know, that loss of life is is just as tragic. Now, but the thing is, though, with um, evil people like him, and I, I don't know how else to describe him. I I plainly call him evil. I, I, you know, if he doesn't like it, come and fucking see me, Um, and let's prove to the world that you're not. um, Mm. And I'll eat Mm -hmm. humble pie. Um, He's so for the last 2 years even to this day his directions and mandates and decrees have, how many children have that, has that killed um, children were without social interaction for 2 years because he was fucking scared Absolutely. of a bug sorry Absolutely. about swearing no, um no, you, and I, I
1: understand your passion and i share it um, um, i mean we only have to look at the increase in hospitalizations for for you know attempted self harm um well actual self harm you mm. know all these all these kids and teenagers ending up in in hospitals there was oh, i'd have to check my numbers i believe there was a 40% increase yep. in presentations to emergency departments of of kids who would you know try to hang themselves um shoot themselves OD on drugs God only knows what else and and this is this is just the you know just uh, just the short term consequence of what has been done to our kids by individuals like him yep. for the past two years. That's not even taking into account the enormous increase in in speech difficulties among babies and, and infants and, and toddlers who see nothing but masked faces know for the last couple of years and and then just the, the long-term psychological damage that's done to kids. Then then the other thing that, that people you know pay insufficient attention to is the long-term consequence of educational loss. Um, but uh, economists can actually tell you how how much less you're going to earn over the course of your lifetime for every every you know fewer year of of education. Sorry if that was grammatically a bit butch, yeah. but, oh. but, but ah, basically, you know, yeah. if, if you if you only um, if you leave school at the end of year ten, say, uh, there's actually a a uh, and and these are just averages, right? But you'll earn, if my memory serves me correctly, I think you will earn over the course of your lifetime, well over a million less than oh. if you had gone on to to finish high school. Okay. now, obviously, some people leave at the end of year 10 and they're very entrepreneurial and they start a business and they make, you know, gazillions of money. But most people don't. They go and get low paid, low skilled jobs. And there's a very, very clear link between low socioeconomic status and and poor health, shorter lifespan, higher risk of, of uh, lifestyle-related diseases like lung cancer and heart disease and diabetes. There's a, in other words, there is a gradient between the years of education that a person has assuming that they're getting educated as opposed to schooled, um, the use of, of, of proper education that, that they get that actually equips them to, you know, function as an adult and their earning capacity and their health status. It's basically, you know, it's a straight line, Um Uh, sloping up the the more education the better health people have and 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 the more wealth they will earn over the course of their lifetime so we're not just looking at at the you know the kids who've ended up in emergency departments um and the kids who've ended up in morgues you know the 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 kids who who never got to finish high school because they killed themselves because of the policies that he enforced upon your state so for this I was going to say a very bad word um, for this for this person to get out and, as you say, grandstand about how pleased he is that we don't have guns in this in in this country, which, as you say, is complete bunkum anyway. Give me a break, you screaming hypocrite! Yep. How disgusting! What a disgusting person!
0: Yep, and coming back to with what we were talking about before, the loss of trust in the institutions. And he's just shut, you know, that's that's a purely political comment. Um that that serves no mm. other purpose. And, and I'll put down it. It it's it, you know, it, it's to appease his fascist masters. Um, yep. you know, he, yep. he's not talking about the mental health uh, caused by lockdowns. He's not talking about the mental health of children because of all this rainbow bullshit that goes on at fucking primary school and high school.
1: Yeah, um, just craziness. Yep. Yeah, and and of course, I mean, uh, he's he's bringing down. He's sort of ignoring all of the complexity of just just what goes into making one of these mass shootings he's ignoring all of that complexity and saying oh it's guns yeah. as if as if a, a you know a mentally disturbed person couldn't get a firearm through you know non non legal channels yeah. whether in the united states or anywhere else and of, of course you know as as health minister uh, or as chief health officer, I should say, not health minister. Yeah, I mean, he's not even credit. elected, yeah, for yeah. God's sake. Um, um, as, as chief health officer, you know, he, he is, of course, as they all do, ignoring the elephant in the room, which is that the vast majority Of the the people who carry out these mass shootings are found to have been prescribed um, psychiatric medications. And in every case that that I am aware of, and I've looked at quite a few, there are um, um, toxicological testing after their death shows that they had these psychotropic medications in their system. We're talking antidepressants, we're talking antipsychotic medications, we're, we're talking benzos. These people have been prescribed a multitude of, of drugs. And uh, for people who are interested in, in following up this topic, uh, Peter Bregan, a reforming psychiatrist in the US, has actually served as an expert witness on multiple lawsuits that have been brought against the pharmaceutical companies for for incidents like this. People who were, were formerly nonviolent, you know, they were just... Um, Regular mums and dads and whatever, who who were prescribed an SSRI or a you know a quetiapine or something like this, and basically just went batshit crazy, picked up a kitchen knife and killed their wife of for forty years. You know, went and shot up a school, um, and, but but there's never any discussion of the of the role that this uh, completely um, disgraceful psychiatric so-called care plays in in cases like this, and. Also, um, I mean, I, I find it very interesting having having never really understood why Americans were so attached to their Second Amendment until until yeah. COVID. Um, yeah. You know, because I I sort of joked about this with, with American friends like, why why are you guys so attached to your Second Amendment? Oh my God, do I understand now? Yeah. So as as my mind has been more open to to um, considering what the benefits of an armed civilian population might be, I've come across a, a couple of accounts of of regions, uh, you know, cities or, or um, uh, counties, I suppose you call it in the US, where there was a high rate of violent crime and then legislation was brought in to basically commit um what do they call it? Not not concealed carry. What's open it? O- carry? Open carry. Yep. open carry. Right. And suddenly you see crime rate. Uh, you see violent crime rates drop like a rock. Yeah. Because if you walk into a supermarket, and, uh, and and you were you were planning to you know to to get up to no good uh, with your assault rifle, and then you, you see a couple of people you know browsing the the browsing the broccoli, and they they've got a holster <laughs> strapped to their body. You go oh, maybe this isn't the right place to shoot up because there are people in here who, who could actually defend themselves mm. against me. Maybe mm. I'll try somewhere else that's a softer target.
0: Mm. Um, one one thing I'd just like to point out, I totally agree with that. Assault rifle is a made-up term.
1: Yeah, uh, very, very, very true. Thank you for picking me up on that. That was lazy usage on my part. And, and
0: you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not having a go at you. I, I just thought that was a great way to to bring into the discussion about it is that you know, oh, that's an assault rifle. Really? What is mm. de- defined an assault rifle? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's something it that looks scary. Yeah, absolutely like, correct. Really?
0: Yes. So because something that – and, I like, fuck, man, talking about Nanny State, Victoria in particular and WA have reclassified firearms because they look scary. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the – um when that idiot Robert Neuer got onto a current affair with the Adler – lever-action shotgun and pushed that out and made everyone scared of it. Um, mm. The lever-action process is something that has been around since cowboy times. Um, gotcha. And yep. so it's not an assault shotgun. It's not a semi-automatic shotgun. It's just that he's a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. Once again, apologies about the language, but he is. He's a uh, hes dead-set moron. Um, if it wasn't for the government contracts, I, yeah, I, I don't think he'd be as, as big in business as what he is. Um, went and, and tried to boast about how good the, the shotgun was and, and created all hysteria around that. Um, yeah. there's, um, and that's
1: what it is. This is the manufacture, well, it, it's manufacturing consent through manufacturing hysteria. It's, yeah. it's, it's the same playbook as we've seen with, with COVID and now, God forbid, monkeypox. Oh. It's gin you know up that hysteria. Oh. You know, it's problem, reaction, solution. Right, yeah. it's that Hegelian dialectic. There, there was everyone going about their business and not giving a second thought to to how many people might have had a, you know, a, a, a gun and uh, not not that as a vegan I'm keen on this but for shooting brews or rabbits on their property or someone might have had a, a, a firearm for protecting their business say you know they mm. might have they might have been the victims of, of armed robbery a couple of times and then they go well hell I'm gonna get one myself you know next time someone co- uh, comes and tries to rob my my petrol station or my my um you know my jewelry shop or whatever um they'll they'll actually get a gun pointed in their face um so no so so the, the thing is, you know, until Port Arthur, none of us were sort of staying up at night wondering if we were going to be the victims of a of a shooting if we went to, you know, a, a historical site or whatever the hell, go to a cafe. Um, so suddenly you had this incident which... Um, certainly has some some interesting elements to it. Leaves more questions unanswered are. than yeah, questions there's answered. there's a lot of unanswered questions about that whole incident, not mm. the least of which is that eyewitnesses to the shooting said that the shooter was shooting from the hip, but Martin Bryant, when asked to, you know, uh, demonstrate how how he shot all these people, hoisted the gun up to his shoulder, or, mm. or didn't hoist the gun. they obviously didn't give him a gun, um, but but he he sort of um, mimed, you could say, hoisting a gun up to his shoulder, which is how you know most people would would think that you shot those things. Mm. So so that's interesting. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll leave that. Leave that to one side. Mm. Um, so, so up until Port Arthur, none of us were lying awake at night, you know, in fear of our lives in, in case there was a mass shooting. So you you create this this problem, and then the reaction is, oh, won't somebody save us from from horrible people like Martin Bryant? Oh, the solution is let's have a gun buyback. Okay, mm. right. Problem, reaction, solution. It's the same formula, just mm. rinse and repeat.
0: I wonder how much that of that. Relates to the um, signing and ratification of the Convention for the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women by the Australian government, which one clause in that is the total disarmament of um, mm-hmm. for that one. But hey, mm-hmm. um, we won't put the tinfoil back on our head. Actually, no, we will because you raised monkeypox. I wasn't going to talk about it in this one because we're running out of time. But just wanted to know: Have mm. you seen the timeline for monkeypox?
1: the the timeline from the simulation yeah from um, the N T I yeah 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 absolutely isn't it interesting just just I mean isn't it a coincidence Let's be coincidence theorists. We're not conspiracy theorists. Let's be coincidence theorists. Isn't it an interesting coincidence that that you know these events that were uh, predicted in this or, or that were you know role played, i suppose it's like larking isn't it yeah. um you know um the, uh, the sa- same same dates same dates for these these incidents that were projected in this in this um scenario <laughs> and then and we see it happening in real life there and, you go what a coincidence this is
0: it after that um event whatever that one was where they 201. 201. Yes. And yeah. now this NTI.
1: Simulating a novel coronavirus yeah. spreading around the world and creating mayhem. And, and, and. <laughs> My favourite part in that, I mean, so many favourites. Mm. One of my favourites was George Gao, the head of the Chinese CDC, saying that uh, this was his scripted part in, in Event 201, uh, that that there were there were people who were saying, they were making these accusations that the virus had escaped from a Chinese lab.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> who do you think we
0: are? Um, I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't know, man, are, are these people, are they that arrogant to think that they're, we're that stupid that I they'll they publish are. this stuff and yeah. we won't, oh, but then again, you know what, you're, you're probably right because um, well, I think we've just proven in Australia that we are by,
1: yeah, um, by electing. Yeah, I mean, by apparently, apparently, you know, electing a, a, a Labor government when mm. state Labor governments were on the whole, you know, worse than, than Liberal um, state governments yes. in 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 terms of um, infringing on, on their citizens' basic human rights.
0: Yeah, um, mm. but yeah, I I, I don't know. I'd be interesting to see. I mean, what well, June five is the next point on the timeline um, mm. for that one. So I'll have to wait and see if something's going to happen next week.
1: But Put it on the calendar. I, eh? I, I have. <laughs> I,
0: I've printed that out, and <laughs> we're. I'm just going to see. And and my, you know, if I find out that someone else has game something. I don't care what it is, I'm going to go falling on it and say, mate, this is what's coming. I will adhere to everything that they say because they're two for two. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And and speaking of of oddly prescient pandemic simulations, uh, there's always the the fun and funky spas simulation that that dates back to – 20 oh hang on let me think uh it was 2017 I think that one was written yes it was it was 2017 it was it was in the very early stages of the Trump presidency uh, are you familiar with that one the, no. the the stars? okay so this was you know from our our, our good friends over there at the uh, the Johns Hopkins uh, School <laughs> of uh, Bloomberg yeah. Bloomberg School of Public Health. Everything sponsored and the sparse pandemic was wouldn't you know it it was a coronavirus i mean who'd, who'd even <laughs> heard of coronaviruses except people like me who you know work in the health field and know that that about 25 percent of colds every year are, are, are caused by coronaviruses but other than that nobody bloody heard of coronaviruses and there they are um wargaming this um this this coronavirus that gets out and spreads around the world and makes a bunch of people crook and whatever, and and then uh, the other thing that they wore game down in that was that the the vaccine that was developed to combat this novel coronavirus uh, ended up having some um, long term very negative side effects, including neurological side effects that that decreased public trust in the vaccination program i'm not making this up you can still find i i did a I did a video on this actually i don't normally do videos i prefer writing writing posts but this one was just so freaking juicy that i decided to do a video on it and it's uh it's on my website um i'll send you a link and pop it in the show notes and and you can yeah so you can actually read through this document i linked it in my um Uh, in the notes to my video and yeah it's it so again i mean how extraordinarily prescient Ah. the these these people must must have a crystal ball mustn't
0: they yes yes and and it's just like yeah anyway um mm, i there's so much i won't continue down that one because i i Mindful of the time um, and all that sort of, I think that's that would be a a show within itself.
1: Let's let's talk Um, next time after after June five is (laughs) coming.
0: It's just boy, it's Mm. it's and and we'll also talk about um, the aftermath of Davos um, and and all that that's going on there. So I think
1: itchy bugs. Yeah, by
0: then I would have had um, time to digest everything that happened. Um,
1: I think you might get indigestion. Yes, well, much yeah, much there's that too.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, we might wrap it up there. So um, thank you very much for this one. Um, it Again, and I'm not just saying this one, I mean, it's, you know, coming back all the time and, and we do have interesting discussions and, and conversations uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I know it is good, uh, listeners have commented, it's good to hear other people rant about the same things, and just not my dull monotone all <laughs> the time. Um, and apologies to any listener that did get upset about the language, but there will be a language warning on this one um, and all yes. that sort of stuff. Don't um, play
1: this in the car while dropping yes, the kitties to, dropping to, the kiddies to, to off. swim class. Yes,
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is. Un- unfortunately, people like that do bring out those emotions in me um, because uh-huh. of, of how evil they are.
1: I have um, complete sympathy it's 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 hard to maintain your p's and Q's when you're when you're faced with with people who are so mm, yes. so unconcerned yes. about the suffering that they're unleashing on on the people who who you know that they, they, they get that they, they get paid out of you know out of our money out of our tax-based money they get paid supposedly to take care of our interests yep I mean you, you kind of on un- I it's not that I have I have sympathy for for corporate psychopaths, but in, in the corporate sphere, it, it's sort of understandable, isn't it? I yes. mean, no one really expects people who who run giant corporations to be altruists. We we know we know not to trust them. We know that that the profit motive is what drives them, and they really couldn't give a rat's behind whether we live or die. Yes. But when it's when it's people, whether they be politicians, whether they be public servants, when when it's when it's people who who go into the public sphere um supposedly to, to 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 serve the interests of people like you and I and our and our kids, you know, and our parents and our and our grandparents. And then they they, they behave like this. Like it, it's just it's extra disgusting. It's extra 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 swearworthy disgusting that yes. that these people are roaming around the planet, you know, flying on their private jets off to Davos mm-hmm. at our expense. Mm-hmm. And then, as you say, you know, getting on Twitter and, and virtue signalling. Eh, yes. Well, you didn't say that, but I am. Yes. yes he was virtue signalling. What a yeah. hypocritical
0: what a individual. Yes. So we'll leave it there. Right. Um, thank you very <laughs> much. you
1: and I. both. We both had our rants for the day. We're feeling better. Yes,
0: I'm feeling better. I'm going to have some spring <laughs> in my step now because, yeah, <laughs> I've done that. Um, thank you for participating again. I know I've said it before, but, again, in another episode of the 5th, Estate podcast, and um, I'll include show notes there where everyone can find you and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I'll nag you Yeah, come over the, to my yes. Substack.
1: That's that. I'd love to have you um, follow my Substack, robinshooter.substack.com. Uh, yep, and I look forward to our next juicy discussion.
0: Yes, for sure. We'll book it in. All right. Thanks a lot, Robin.
1: Fantastic. Okay. Bye. Okay. That's, all right. That's it. Done and dusted that's in it. the can. Okay.
0: Um, all right, really ranty. Um, so, all right, too right, <laughs> um, I'll let you go. Um, I hope to get this one up probably Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah,
1: just drop me a line. Yeah. Um, if you do get it up on the weekend, I'll be able to put a, a link in my newsletter on Monday.
0: Yeah. All right. Too easy.
1: All right. All right. Super. Thank you. I'll Enjoy contact you about
0: um, when we do the next one.
1: Yeah, yep. All the best. Just, too easy. Yeah. Just drop me an email.
0: Yeah, yeah. we'll do. Thanks, Robin.
1: Kay. Okay. Bye for now, Bye. Kay. Bye. Bye.